today on Truths That Transform. Before the state, before the church, God created the oldest institution on this planet, and that is the institution of marriage. The badly misnamed uh, Respect for Marriage Act disrespects the American people and threatens uh, the fundamental freedoms of its citizens. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries. I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza, and we're so glad that you tuned in today. And we invite you to also stay connected with us through Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube by searching for D. James Kennedy Ministries. Marriage was created by God, and it was the first thing he instituted in his creation. For thousands of years, Nobody seriously questioned the basis of marriage or its value. But in recent decades, a revolutionary ideology has come along which aims to tear apart such basic foundations. On today's program, we will investigate the importance of traditional biblical marriage and the consequences of abandoning it. And we begin with a look at the recent assault on marriage. Here's Dr. Jerry Newcomb with more. The assault on traditional marriage in our culture in the last several years has been relentless, even though marriage has been well described as the dream that will not die. That's because it is God's idea. When we drift from Jesus's very explicit, simple teachings about how to live life, we get into deep trouble. Look at the marriage laws. Um, Jesus thought so much of marriage that he described his own relationship to the church as a form of marriage. Uh, Christians are the bride of Christ. That's how important God thinks marriage is. And yet we take marriage and we say that we don't need a bride anymore. And by the way, we're going to use the law to impose that understanding on, on everybody. See, that's what's so scary about this drift away from Christian values. 20 years ago, many states held referendums on marriage, being defined as being between one man and one woman. Even in many liberal states, traditional marriage was upheld by the people. But activist judges overturned these measures. With marriage, 20 years ago, they had the Defense of Marriage Act, where even all Democrats agreed that marriage should be between a man and a woman. Hillary Clinton believed that, Bill Clinton believed it, Barack Obama believed it. Now they're at the point where if you don't believe that marriage can be between a man and a man or a woman and a woman, well then again, you're a hater. Uh, in 2008, you had Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton running for the Democrat nomination. Uh, Barack Obama ultimately wins that election. Well, he wins that election for president. That same year, 2008, is when California, uh, certainly not a bastion of conservatism, passes Proposition 8, uh, defining marriage between a man and a woman. That seems like ancient history. Just think about 2015, the Obergefell decision that legalized same-sex marriage in all 50 states. That seems like ancient history. In that case, the Supreme Court took the liberty of redefining marriage itself in a narrow five to four decision. Over the years, the Supreme Court has shocked America by handing down decisions that weren't based on the Constitution, 
that were not popularly legislated, like Roe v. Wade in 1973, uh, the marriage law in 2015, Obergefell, uh, where they created same-sex marriage out of whole cloth, just as they did the uh, wiping away abortion laws. When people are given an opportunity to vote, history tells us loudly they vote in favor of marriage being between a man and a woman. Now, the Supreme Court sadly overturned that and said, no, we will allow same-sex marriage. Before he died, uh, Justice Scalia had a very good quote. He said, why should five out of nine lawyers, referring to himself and the other members of the court, decide these important issues for the nation? The Obergefell decision, they wiped off the books 50 different states, different marriage laws. You know, one fell swoop, and they did that with a bare majority of, you know, Anthony Kennedy joined by the liberals on the Supreme Court. So uh, in, in a sense, though, they can, they can enact changes, and this is where cultural Marxism is so crucial. As long as they can get enough people in the culture to agree with them on something, and they can get the cultural forces in motion through the zeitgeist or wherever else, you don't need legislative change for a guy to call himself a girl. Right? That's a simple change in the culture and the way people think. At the time, the Obama administration even celebrated the decision by lighting up the White House with the rainbow colors. Some historians like Dr. Paul Kanger of Grove City College have drawn the connection to the Marxist goal to take down the family. As Marx and Engels famously said in the Communist Manifesto, one of their goals was the abolition of the family. I mean, there's nothing more biblical than the family. And, and so, you know, that is something that they had to take apart. And, and really what, what's happening today is this war in the family that you're seeing today and the redefinition of marriage, redefinition of family, that is stuff that the cultural Marxists have sought to do for many, many years. Furthermore, in late 2022, the United States passed a law which included some bipartisan support to make sure same-sex marriage would remain the law of the land. And with a straight face, they called it the Respect for Marriage Act. The badly misnamed uh, Respect for Marriage Act disrespects the American people and threatens uh, the fundamental freedoms of its citizens. You get a, a, a Christian baker or florist in Washington State, a photographer in New Mexico, uh, who, who begs not to be forced to have to uh, take pictures or, or provide flowers or a cake for a wedding that they believe violates their religious beliefs. And once upon a time, when we believed in genuine tolerance, you would think the people on the left would say, okay, we have this thing called conscientious objection. If your religion tells you that you can't support a, a same-sex ceremony, it's okay. You don't have to be forced to make a cake. We're not going to we're gonna, not going to shut you down or fine you or throw you in jail for for not making a cake. The teacher in Chicago public school told me he was told it is not enough for you to simply tolerate same-sex marriage. If you don't celebrate it, you could lose your job. Well, that's a line he can't cross as a Christian. It's one thing to tolerate it over here, but he cannot. Uh, celebrate that which God has condemned. A lot of these LGBT attacks where they want people, you have to believe like, you know, like we believe, that's not the way America works. You know, there's, there's plenty of room for people to have different beliefs and 
People need to be able to follow their conscience and, and their religious faith. And uh, the idea that everybody has to believe whatever the government says is not the answer. So that's why we have a free exercise clause. Having that restored with a lot of this sort of uh, woke culture or this cancel culture or this we're going to bully you culture, it's really important to have free speech protection and free exercise of religion protection. Protection, so people can really live free, no matter who is in control of the local government, the state government, or the federal government. This sort of sexual anarchy might be expected in an unbelieving world, but tragically, this lawlessness is also beginning to infect the church. One of the issues that's really affecting the church is homosexuality and gay marriages, and now that the Supreme Court is legalized, gay marriages in the 50 states, more and more of us are encountering couples that may be raising children, they may, uh, they're part of, of that lifestyle, and you see uh, gay churches, and these are churches within their reading of the Bible, they would argue that uh, the Bible affirms uh, gay marriages, and that's contrary to the way Christianity has seen homosexuality for over 2,000 years. Our culture is moving at warp speed and pastors and Christian leaders uh, that kind of want to ignore this issue or pretend like it's not happening, uh, they are in danger of being swept over because the, the moral revolution is moving at warp speed and it, it, we have to stand uh, for the values uh, that the Bible is clear about. You know, the Bible's not clear about every single issue that we face, but there are some issues, such as the issue of marriage and sexuality, where there's a thus saith the Lord. Uh, there's a chapter and verse, and if we're not teaching that from our pulpits, you know, our people in our congregations will hear it, but they'll hear it from the media, they'll hear it from Hollywood, uh, but if they're not hearing from the pulpit, they're not going to be hearing what God believes about these issues, where, again, I think the Bible speaks clearly. Tragically, the assault on marriage and the family is gaining momentum by the year, even though study after study shows that children thrive better with a father and a mother, and that fatherlessness is a human disaster. Critics note that the same-sex marriage decision of the Supreme Court in 2015 has put the country on a dangerous trajectory. The uh, Obergfell decision uh, in May 2015 the way the transgender movement has taken off since then. That's been really shocking. It was as if the radical left understood that once they were able to establish in principle and get the Supreme Court's backing, that they could redefine something as basic as marriage. It was just a matter of time before they said, why can't we redefine our own gender as well? And, and, and that's what happens when you smash the absolutes, when you, when you break the absolutes, when you, when you take that, the idea of one man, one woman in marriage and you break it. You say, we can now redefine it however we want. When, when you take the idea that God created them, he created, created them male and female, and you smash that concept. You know, Dostoevsky said, when God does not exist, everything is permissible. And, and that's exactly what they're doing. The undermining of marriage is not entirely new. In fact, it began with Satan in the Garden of Eden. But it has gained incredible steam in our own culture as people have turned away from objective truth to subjective desire as their guiding principle. My pastor and mentor, Dr. D. James Kennedy, clearly warned about what was unfolding 
even as he called us back to faithfulness, like in this portion of his message, The Importance of Marriage. Before the state, before the church, God created the oldest institution on this planet, and that is the institution of marriage. It is the oldest and the most universal of all of God's institutions. Wherever you would go in this world today, whatever continent, whatever nation, you would find that there men and women are joined together in the bonds of matrimony and are rearing families. Today I want to talk to you about the importance of marriage at a very critical time in the life of marriage. Remarkably, that in the entire history of the human race, what has happened in just the last few years, a millisecond in the history of mankind where there is a massive effort to destroy that institution. An effort which is making ominously large strides forward. But as far as the biblical record is concerned, God created one man for one woman. So it was in the beginning. It's really awesome to think, gentlemen, that God took a part of a man and tailor-made woman for him. We were made for each other by divine design. So it was seen in the Old Testament, also the New. Christ performed his first miracle at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. When they talked about the departures in the Old Testament to Christ and some that had taken numbers of wives, Christ said that was due because of the hardness of their hearts. But it was not so from the beginning. And he brought them back to the very creation of the human race and what God has done. It is of historical and biblical importance, and it is basic and essential to the culture in which we live. This nation has been built upon good families, and that has been the strength of every nation. Even Napoleon Bonaparte said that what was needed was good mothers, women, in families rearing children, and with that, France would be strong, he said. He was a very perceptive man. It's important for culture, it's important for the individuals, it's important for the husbands, and it's important to the wives. But marriage has been under assault like it has never seen before in the last few decades. There was the no-fault assault where lawyers, politicians decided they were just going to make it easier to get a divorce. The result was the skyrocketing of the divorce rate in America. One recent sociologist said that there are mountains of evidence that show there never was a law passed that brought so much 
misery and unhappiness to so many people as the no-fault divorce. There are some of you who probably have been through that. It has been indeed tragic. How many people I've talked to who have told me that we just don't love each other anymore, things have gotten so bad we can't go on, we just have to get a divorce. After all, didn't we get married just to be happy? And with that self-centered, self-indulgent view of hedonism as we find prevalent today, it seems a perfectly logical thing to get divorced. I'm not happy now. If I get a divorce, I'm going to be happy in the future. Like all of the lies of Satan, finally, time proves them to be false. What have the studies shown? And there have been more sociological studies on marriage and divorce and families in the last few decades than ever before. Taking couples that were at the point of getting a divorce were about to throw it all over, throw in the towel. They found that five years later, those who got a divorce, those that went ahead with the divorce, of them, 22% were happy. Of those who decided to stick it out, seek help and counseling, and try to fix their marriage, which for most seemed probably hopeless, of those people, five years later, 80% said they were happy. God's way is the right way. Unfortunately, only too often we discover that too late. The basic reason for marriage was that men and women might not only have their own lives fulfilled and strengthened and might grow in grace together, but also they would pr provide a safe and healthy place to rear children in this world. The most current one is the homosexual assault on a marriage. And this is more serious than anyone before it because here they are trying to destroy the very institution of marriage to redefine it and they have been amazingly successful. Well, what does a homosexual marriage look like? Well, the longest term that we have to take a look at it is in the Netherlands. And one sociologist made a study of that, found out that the average marriage between two, men's, two men lasts 1.5 years. Furthermore, that during that time, men have eight other sexual partners per year. And this idea of until death do you part and monogamous relationships is utterly abominable to them. Well, then what do they want? Well, they've said what they want is to destroy marriage altogether.
They don't want to become like us, as so many naive people think. What they want to do is make us like them. and open the door to all kinds of sexual chaos. If two men can get married, what about three? Or five? That's called polyamora, and many loves, and group marriage, and all such things as this are already in the wings and they're waiting to be filed in our courts. It would produce absolute cultural chaos in this country. Mother and father, husband and wife would be old-fashioned things in a generation. This nation would be unrecognizable. This is the most dangerous attack on marriage that the world has ever seen. Marriage is vitally important. It was obviously felt to be so by God, who made it the first institution that he created, and that with his own hands. We need, in our day, to defend it as best that we can. Hi, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. My dad understood the growing attack on marriage and exactly where it was headed because he knew the schemes of the enemy. The devaluing of marriage didn't just come out of nowhere. It was part of a plan to destabilize our society and undermine its foundational structures. That might sound like an outlandish claim, but only if you've never looked at the evidence. Dr. Paul Kenger of Grove City College provides that evidence in the eye-opening book Takedown, From Communists to Progressives, How the Left Has Sabotaged Family and Marriage. And we'll send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation to help this ministry continue to fight against falsehoods and broadcast the truth of Jesus Christ. Understanding the goals of Mark's followers will help you to make so much sense of what you're seeing on the news every day now. Because the family is the central building block of society, that is the primary target for the cultural Marxists. And they furthered their agenda through our schools, the media, and even the courts. Family is where they're working to make their revolution take hold. That's what is behind the push for same-sex marriage, for eliminating religious freedom, and for the sexual anarchy in our schools and institutions. Takedown, From Communists to Progressives, How the Left Has Sabotaged Family and Marriage by Dr. Paul Kengor may be the most important book you read this year, and we'll send it to you as thanks for your generous donation. And if you're able to give a gift of $40 or more, we'll send you the book plus the four DVD set, The Importance of Marriage, from my father, Dr. D. James Kennedy. You heard just a portion of one of these key messages earlier in this program. And this set includes the entire thing, as well as three other insightful, virtually prophetic messages. Discover why marriage matters so much to you, to children, and to our nation's future, and how it's being undermined. Plus, you'll find guidance to make your own marriage even better, too. That's the book, Take Down, From Communists to Progressives, How the Left Has Sabotaged Family and Marriage, by Dr. Paul Kengor, as thanks for your generous donation. And the book, plus the four DVD set, 
The Importance of Marriage from Dr. D. James Kennedy as thanks for your donation of $40 or more. Your partnership with us allows us to unmask the lies of the enemy by broadcasting biblical truth to a world in desperate need. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. The crowd cheered and music played as President Joe Biden signed the so-called Respect for Marriage Act into law back in December. Those celebrating at the festive White House South Lawn signing ceremony included Hollywood celebrities, entertainers, LGBTQ plus advocates, even drag queens. But to be clear, this new law is anything but respect for marriage. What it actually does is it puts the federal stamp of approval on the judicially created phenomenon of same-sex marriage. And it puts a target on those who believe marriage is what it has been since creation, the exclusive union of a man and a woman for life. Those who disagree with the modern redefinition of marriage, like churches and Christian ministries, for example, could face sex discrimination lawsuits or the loss of tax-exempt status in days to come because of this law. While rainbow colors lit up the White House, it was actually a dark, somber day for America. And the reason should be obvious. Neither Joe Biden, Congress, the Supreme Court, nor a majority of Americans have the right to redefine marriage. God alone, our creator, defines marriage, and his word tells us what it is. We find the beautiful story in Genesis chapter 2, which tells us that after creating the heavens and the earth, God declared his handiwork very good. But there was something missing. The first human, Adam, was alone, without a companion. But God stepped in with a solution. The Lord put Adam into a deep sleep, and out of his side, he fashioned a helper, a partner, fit for him. And then he brought her to Adam, who reacted with this excited exclamation, at last. In Hebrew, the phrase at last is emphatic. You could render it, finally, finally, the one whom I've been longing for. First marriage was a tremendous gift and blessing from God. And he charged them to go forth, to be fruitful and multiply. What's happening now is just the logical conclusion of a society that cheapens marriage to the point of meaninglessness. Such a culture begins to call that which is not a marriage at all, a marriage. But God's design for marriage is not some arbitrary rule God put in place to oppress us. The very word of God testifies that our creator made us male and female and gave us marriage for our good and for our blessing. Marriage as God has made it is the foundation of a healthy and flourishing culture. And departing from God's good plan as we're doing now puts individuals and our nation at peril. Thank you for joining us today. And remember that you're always welcome to come visit us at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale if you're ever in the area. And you can always join us by live stream at crpc.tv. Thank you so much for being with us. And here's a look at the next Truths That Transform. 
Jesus was asked the question regarding marriage. He says, in the beginning, God made them male and female. And the man shall leave the father, mother, cleave to his wife, the two shall become one. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.